You're listening to Sex Gets Real with Dawn Sarah. That's me. This is a place where we explore sex, bodies, and relationships from a place of curiosity and inclusion, tying the personal to the cultural, where you're just as likely to hear tender questions about shame and the complexities of love as you are to hear experts challenging the dominant stories around pleasure, body politics, and liberation. This is about the big and the small, about sex and everything surrounding it we don't usually name. The funny, the awkward, the imperfect happen here in service to joy, connection, healing, and creating healthier relationships with ourselves and each other. So welcome to Sex Gets Real. Don't forget to hit subscribe. Happy New Year! This episode is dropping the day before New Year's Eve 2018. So it's going to be listener questions, plus some end of the year goodness, and Patreon supporters. I have a really fun bonus for you. Some New Year's invitations, a little ritual, some questions to help you kind of decide where you'd like to go with your year, plus some super delicious, sexy poems that I recently came across, and a couple of other super fun tidbits that'll just kind of recap where I'd like to go in 2019 and give you some prompts so that you can also do the same. If you support the show at patreon.com slash podcast. You can grab that weekly bonus plus all of the others. So for $3 a month, you get weekly bonus content that is exclusive and you can't find anywhere else ever. I would love to see you over there and get your support. If you support it $5 and above, you can also help me field listener questions. I post a couple a month and you are welcome to put on your sex educator and relationship expert hat and help me answer questions. So again, patreon.com slash SGR for sex gets real podcast. I just recently changed the URL. I also want to let you know two exciting things. One, I'm doing a giveaway to celebrate New Year's as a thank you to all of you for listening. The giveaway is for two different books by Allison Moon. The first is one of my very favorite books in the world, Girl Sex 101. This book is full of beautiful, comprehensive, inclusive sex education. It's got some incredible art by KD Diamond, a really cute little kind of comic book story that weaves throughout all the chapters about sex and relationships. So you can get a copy of Girl Sex 101 plus Allison Moon's Bad Dyke salacious stories from a queer life. So one lucky winner is going to win both of these books. I'll mail them to you with a little handwritten note. So if you want to enter that giveaway, it's at sexgetsreal.com slash NY2019 for New Year's. So NY2019. You can put your name and your email in. I'm going to do the drawing on January 15th. 2019. So if you're hearing this before January 15th, 2019, and you want to put your name in for the book giveaway, again, that's at sexgetsreal.com slash NY2019. I will be mailing it for free if the winner is in the US or Canada. If you're outside the US or Canada, I'm going to ask that you pay for the shipping. Um, But if you're in the US and Canada, you can get that plus a little handwritten thank you note from me. So I would love to see you join the giveaway. The other thing I want to mention is the True Freedom Symposium, which is a free online symposium all about how to quit your day job and be a successful entrepreneur, is re-airing January 14th through the 18th, 2019. And I'm one of the speakers. So if you want to hear my story of how I quit my day job to become a full-time sex coach and sex educator, there is a link in the show notes and at sexgetsreal.com slash EP244 for episode 244. 
where you can click to sign up and watch those talks for free. My talk airs on January 15th. They're available for 24 hours each. I just want to say there's a couple of talks that I would consider pretty problematic as part of the symposium. So if you want to know what some of my favorites are, I highly recommend, in addition to my own, that you also check out Pam Slim. You might know Pam, who's the author of Escape from Cubicle Nation. Pam's talk is fantastic. Sark has a beautiful talk about being an artist. Leonor Chia is a dear friend of mine and will be on the podcast soon. Hopefully, I just sent her an invite today. She has a great talk as well. Uh, and then I also think that um, Carol Allen's talk is pretty good. Ed O'Neill from Modern Family and Married with Children is also one of the speakers. So his talk is, is short and super fun. And you learn all about how he became the actor that you now know him to be. So again, that link is in the show notes. Or if you go to sexgetsreal.com slash EP244, then you can click through and sign up. I get a little credit when you do that. And you can hear my story of what it was like to quit 17 years in IT at a Fortune 150 to then branch out on my own and be who you now know me to be. So I would love to see you there. Let's dive in to this week's episode. The first thing I wanted to do was I went back through all of the emails, the comments, the shares that I had gotten throughout 2018. And I wanted to share with you the five episodes that, according to you, had the most impact. So these episodes created lots of buzz, lots of questions, lots of, oh my God, that's exactly what I needed to hear. So from five to one, those episodes featured Kavanaugh Quick. So Kavanaugh had an episode at the beginning of the year, uh, episode 197. Number four is Evian Whitney, who was episode 231. The next one, number three, is Dr. Lori Brado. Dr. Lori Brado's was 227, 227. That episode got so many comments about mindfulness and libido people sharing thoughts and aha moments. So I really appreciated that. The second most popular episode, according to your responses, was my interview with Stacey Haynes, which was episode 235, talking all about trauma and somatics and body and consent. And oh my God, was I in love with that episode. So I'm glad it resonated with you. And then the most commented on episode the one where I've continued to get emails, comments, all kinds of stuff, was my talk with Andy Eisenson, uh, episode 221. So if you want to listen to any of those episodes again, or you haven't heard them, there are links at sexgetsreal.com slash EP244. Uh, or in the show notes, you can just click through and listen to those episodes after you're done with this one. Thank you to all of you who wrote in, who commented on social media, who shared liberally on social media. I appreciate it. And I know that all of the speakers do as well. So it's time for your listener questions. This first question is rather new. It just came in a couple of days ago from Curious Vanilla. The subject line is some questions and praise. Hi, Dawn. As most of the people who write in, I'm sure, I love your show. It is seriously changing my life. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. I'm probably as vanilla as they come, which is fine and will likely never change. But your show helps me to see everything in a new light. I have been able to become much more intimate with my husband, more massages and sensual touch, whereas before, if we started to get sexy, I would feel so overwhelmed with how long it would take and how I would perform that I just couldn't relax. Anyway, because of you, I am much more able to just appreciate these little moments for what they are, rather than be disappointed in myself when it's not like, quote unquote, the movies, actual movies. I have never watched porn. Anyway, I just had a couple of questions. I live in Canada, 
and I thought I heard you were also living here. Are you from Canada or did you move here? In your show, I hear about so many great sex stores, but they're all in the U.S. Do we have any examples like those here? I live in British Columbia, but I would ha be happy to hear about anything. The only sex stores I ever see feel very unapproachable, so I try and shop online, but it's not really the same. I found one store on Vancouver Island that I can barely go to. They're good in a lot of ways, but don't take it as far as I would like to see on the feminist spectrum. I often fantasize about opening a sex store. We need more openness in all of our lives, but I'll have to learn how to talk about sex without feeling uncomfortable first. Listening to your show helps. I listen every day on the way to work. Anyway, I appreciate you so much and loved the show on The Sex Educator from Ontario. Thank you and bye for now. Thank you so much for writing in, Curious Vanilla. To answer your question, if you've listened to more episodes since you wrote in, you probably know now, I am not originally from Canada. I am originally from Southern California, but I spent, um, God, 17 years in the Washington, D.C. area. And when the show started with me and Dylan, we were in the Washington, D.C. area. And then I married a Canadian. So I put in my permanent residency paperwork just a few weeks before the Trump election, and I have a permanent residency. So I do plan on becoming a citizen uh, as soon as I am able. But for now, I'm a permanent resident in British Columbia as well. As for feminist sex stores in Canada, there are three that I know and highly recommend. The first is out in Toronto, and it is Come As You Are, which is this amazing co-op. They sponsor Andrew Gerza's show, Disability After Dark. Corey Silverberg used to be associated with it. It's a fantastic online shop. They used to have a brick and mortar in Toronto, but I think that closed and now they're exclusively online. So come as you are. The next one is the Traveling Tickle Trunk in Edmonton. That one is fantastic. And then in Vancouver, Women's Wear, and women is spelled with a Y, Women's Wear in Vancouver is a great feminist shop as well. I will have links to all three of those shops at sexgetsreal.com slash EP244 for episode 244 and in the show notes. So if anyone is in Canada and wants to do some sexy, feminist, inclusive shopping, I recommend Women's Wear, The Traveling Tickle Trunk, and Come As You Are. Thank you so much for writing in Curious Vanilla. I appreciate all of the praise and the generosity. I'm so glad listening to the show has helped you have deeper intimacy with your husband and expanded your sexual options. And I hope that you do some super sexy shopping in the new year. Awkward wrote in with a subject line, dating his sister. Hi Dawn, I'm a 22 year old woman and currently have a girlfriend. She's been my friend for almost three years and we recently started dating. The year we started our friendship, we didn't have any interest in one another romantically. It started to develop about a year, a year later. During that first year, I met her brother and we hit it off pretty fast. We started a friendship and things got pretty sexual pretty quickly. We ended up hooking up on two occasions. I never had any romantic interest in him, but I trusted him and was sexually attracted to him. Later, we had a big fight that ended our friendship and he ended up moving away to the States. So on to my issue. We ended up reaching out to one another some time ago after a year had already passed and he and I have kept on talking about sexual topics. My girlfriend has since found out and is really uncomfortable with this. To me, talking about sex is just another topic of conversation, but she feels that it's weird that I'm talking about those topics with him, her brother, and somebody whom I've slept with. On top of that, he doesn't know that we're dating, and I struggle with deep feelings of shame around the fact that I fucked her brother. I feel like a total whore for doing that, even though at the time I had no idea I would develop feelings for my now girlfriend. I don't want to make her feel uncomfortable, but it also seems weird to not talk about sexual subjects with him, given that our friendship has been highly based on that. 
Any advice you could give, I would greatly appreciate. Thanks. Well, I think it has to start with letting him know you're dating his sister. My my first thought is, if you really value this friendship with him, being honest is going to be a really important part of that friendship. The longer you go without disclosing that, the more hurtful the betrayal could be. So I would start with thinking about what it takes to have a really healthy, connected relationship. That's with friends, colleagues, family, intimate or sexual partners. It's usually based on honesty, transparency, openness. And I think that's where you have to start. I'm glad that you've told your girlfriend about rekindling your friendship with her brother. And I think that it's completely normal and okay for her to have feelings of of being really uncomfortable. I also think that it's okay for you to want to continue the friendship with him. The more open you can be with everyone and with yourself, the better. So what is it that you get out of this friendship with him? Is it purely sexual? Is it purely an opportunity to get to say and explore sexual things? Are there other things that he offers to you, like emotional support or some sense of fun? I would investigate that. And then I would also give your girlfriend a chance to kind of share why she's feeling how she's feeling, to ask her what you can do to help support her and any answering any questions that she may have. But I think at the very base, you need to start with letting him know you're dating his sister. And then you're going to have to kind of figure things out from there. He might feel uncomfortable about that. He might be super okay with that. You're going to have to decide how you want to tend to both of those relationships. It is a little bit complicated. And that doesn't mean that anything is wrong or that you've done anything wrong. We move in and out of relationships and feelings about the people that we're in relationship with throughout our lives. So it makes complete sense to me that you would have started a friendship up with one person and then started a friendship up with another person and and those feelings changed and then they changed again and now you're in a new place. The thing that I do think is a little bit interesting is that based on your email, you've been friends with your girlfriend for almost three years and that you only recently started dating and that during that first year, you met her brother and became friends with him. And it sounds like way back in the beginning, you kept the relationship with her brother from her. So I think that's other, uh, another missed opportunity there. There could have been some honesty and transparency way back in the beginning around, I super value our friendship and I've hit it off with your brother. He's really rad and we're spending some time together too. There seems to be some secrecy that's been happening in the past and that continues to happen. So that's the place that I would recommend that you do a little bit of investigating. Why wasn't there a disclosure way back in the beginning? And why isn't there a disclosure now with him around the relationship that you have with his sister? So reconciling those things, I think, is going to bring you into a healthier place with both of these relationships so that you can navigate them. And then you have to decide with your girlfriend how you want to support her or not around her feelings of discomfort. If she says, I really can't do this, you're going to have to decide how do you want to respond to that. If you want to let her know this relationship with her brother is really important to you, here's the things we talk about. Here's why they're valuable to me. Here's, you know, a boundary that I'm willing to set around this. How do you feel about that? That kind of open communication is going to make it much more likely that all of you can find your own way through this in a way that serves all of you in a really healthy, supported way. So start with doing some some reflection 
on the lack of transparency that seems to be happening at multiple points. Why is there a surprise for so many people that you care about? How can you reconcile those gaps and bring them into alignment? And then really thinking about what does this relationship with the brother mean? And what kinds of conversations can you and your girlfriend have so that she feels like she's got all the information she needs and you feel like you've shared everything really transparently. And then the two of you can find your way forward. We don't know how the brother's going to react when he finds out you've been dating his sister for a while. That might lead to some other conversations, but at least start from this place of creating the most open and transparent and supportive connections with the people in your life that you can, and then go from there. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Thank you so much for writing in. I hope that after a handful of conversations, this wonderful new world opens up to you where you can be really open about the people that you have in your life and what they mean to you and that everyone can be supportive of each other. I wish that so much for your 2019. Thank you so much, Awkward. Anonymous wrote in, with the subject line of cross-dresser looking for a dom and it ain't me. Hey Dawn, how the hell did I get into this mess? So a married neighbor confessed to me that he secretly loves to cross-dress and be told to clean house. He also likes slight discipline and wearing a butt plug. I told him I would keep his secret because he's married with kids. The problem? Now that he's told me, he seems to expect me to help him live his fantasy. He's told me he can't wait for me to have an empty house so he can come clean it and be disciplined. What am I going to do? I wouldn't mind doing it once or twice just to try, but I am in no way skilled at being a dom or a master, and I do not want an ongoing thing with him at all. Help! (laughs) Thank you so much for writing in Anonymous. (laughs) I appreciate everything that you shared. It sounds like your married neighbor was desperate to have someone just witness and hold his truth with him. And now that that's happened, he is hungry for more. It can be really painful for us to keep secrets in our lives. Sometimes secrets can be fun, but... When we deny our truths, especially with people that we love and care about, it can create a lot of pain and a sense of isolation. Oftentimes what that means is the first person that comes along that's willing to really see us for who we are, we glom on and we're desperate for more because it just feels so good to not have this deep, dark secret, often that creates a sense of shame and like there's something wrong with you. So it makes sense that he confessed and in you being able to hold that confession and say, I will keep this a secret. He wants something more. So the thing that you have to decide is how do you want to set the boundary or negotiate this relationship with him? My guess is because he's so immediately eager to come over to your house and to cross-dress and to be disciplined that once isn't going to be enough. My guess is he's going to do it once and then expect this to be an ongoing thing. The thing that you're going to have to ask yourself is, do you even want to do this? Do you even want to entertain it? If you do, what are the parameters that would make this feel the most fun for you? That would make it feel like something you do want to do. And then you have to negotiate that with him. If this is really something that you just kind of want to try once, but you don't really want to have an ongoing thing, you're going to have to be really clear with him and then hold those boundaries really firmly if he pushes up against them. And there might be some anger that comes from that because it might make him feel like something's being taken away, that he's just finally grasped. 
If you're not really interested and you're just kind of feeling a little bit guilty or like you should because he doesn't have another place to do it, that to me isn't a great reason to do this. And I would recommend that he hire a professional to help him do this. There are all kinds of professionals who are professional doms who absolutely know so many things about discipline and house cleaning and really making someone feel all of the things that they most want to feel because they're professionals. It's what they do all the time with many clients. So they have the skills, the boundaries, the space to be able to craft an experience like this with him. Now, he is going to have to pay for it, but at least then he knows, one, it's a professional who knows what they're doing when they negotiate whatever the terms are going to be. He knows that that's something that he can trust. And because it's a professional, the likelihood that a next door neighbor is going to find out is much lower. You know, the other thing that you need to think about is if you do indulge this thing with your neighbor and his wife and or kids find out, does that then make your living situation unbearable or toxic or really, really problematic and full of drama. So I think the answer here is, unless this is something you really want to do and you're willing to take on the potential risk of a fallout with that neighbor's wife, maybe this is a a chance for him to work with a professional who can keep the secret, tend the boundaries, who has lots of experience with this, and who's being compensated for their time and their expertise So they're opting into this exchange in a way that would be a lot different than you kind of doing it from a place of obligation or guilt. The other thing that he could potentially do, though it's a little bit more risky, is going on to FetLife or uh, some other type of online kinky space and trying to find someone who would do this with him. But again, when it's not with a professional, there's a lot more risk involved around disclosure and secrets and feelings and things getting messy really fast. So if this is something that he really needs to explore, uh, it doesn't sound like you are the one to help him explore it. But you need to figure that out and then pass the message along to him, including that he can hire a pro. I love that he came out to you and he sees you as a beacon of permission. That must mean that you are the kind of person that people want to talk to about this kind of stuff. So go you and thank you so much for listening to the show and for writing in with this really fun question. I hope that as he goes on his adventures, he shares them with you. And I hope that he finds an outlet for being able to express himself in this way. Thank you so much for listening to the show and Happy New Year, Anonymous. Just a quick note, don't forget if you want a copy of Alice and Moon's Girl Sex 101 and Bad Dyke, Salacious Stories from a Queer Life, you can enter the New Year's giveaway, sexgetsreal.com slash NY2019. All it takes is a name, an email address, and what country you live in. You will go into a random drawing, and on January 15th, I will randomly select one name and say, you're the winner, and then send the books along with a handwritten note. So I would love for you to join. I've got many more giveaways coming up over the next couple of months. TN Empathy cards, a really fun consent board game, some other books, including signed copies by the authors. This is going to be an epic year, and we're starting it with Alice and Moon's fantastic books. So again, sex gets real slash NY2019 to enter and put your name in the hat, and hopefully you'll be the winner. This next email comes from Looking for Love. The subject line, when will men stop sucking? Hey, Don, I love your show so much. It's helped me make the decision to become a sexuality educator, and I share it with all of my friends. I'm a 25-year-old straight cis woman. I'm in a weird place in my love life right now. Well, I don't really have one. I haven't seriously dated anyone for five years. I feel really hurt from a lot of the men I've been with recently. 
They've either sexually coerced me, been awful communicators, or made me feel like they just wanted me for sex when I wanted more. What I really want is a deep, intimate, trusting relationship. I've spent so much time alone these past few years, both in my heart, but also in general, because I move around a lot for work. I feel so ready to share myself with someone because I've become really intimate with myself. I think I'm incredible, but also I'm scared to put myself out there because I feel so rejected, objectified, and hurt by men that part of me doesn't even want to try anymore. I am extremely picky. The second I see a shred of toxic masculinity, I'm not interested anymore. But even the guys who make it past that hurt me. When will it stop? How do I find men that don't totally suck? I try to go for older men, but then I often feel uncomfortable with the power dynamics at play that are difficult for me to get past. Please help. Oh, looking for love. You are preaching the gospel. You are not alone. So many people feel that way. And the good news is there are amazing men out there. It might be a little bit hard to find. Uh, You know, the culture that we live in, as you know, is just we're in the water of toxic masculinity and patriarchy. And I would very much like to, you know, tenderly and very carefully liken this to race, right? There are so many people of color out there who are like, where are there non-toxic white folks who have really examined the effects of white supremacy on their lives? Like all white people are problematic in some way because they're just completely unable to see the privilege that they have and the ways that we're just steeped in white supremacy. And it's true. I'm aware of that at all times, that I literally cannot extract myself from the privilege that I have in the system that we have. And I will always do harm. That said, I work really hard to learn and to listen and to do better. And I'm always going to be on that journey. And there are lots of men out there who are doing the same thing around gender, masculinity, patriarchy, sexism, who are aware that they simply exist with unearned privilege because of the systems and the culture that we live in. And they are confronting those things and unpacking them on a regular basis in a way that doesn't make more emotional labor for the women and the other people in their lives. It's rare, but they're there. (laughs) It can be so frustrating. I'm just like speaking from personal experience. It can be so frustrating and so challenging, especially when you get to a place where you can see those behaviors so easily and so clearly. And then you see them being enacted everywhere around you. It's like there's no escape. But there are people out there who are doing the work and who are becoming as aware as they can be of the ways that gender and privilege are impacting them, the ways that they demand emotional labor. All I can say is it's going to take some time. And I think the clearer you are on how you want to feel when you're in relationships with people, if you were to find a man who was really unpacking masculinity, who was really confronting patriarchy, who was taking active steps to dismantle these systems and thinking about the ways that they were creating labor for those in their lives. How would you want to feel in that relationship? What kinds of conversations would you want to be able to have? How would you engage on a daily basis together? Having those feelings be something that you can really name and be aware of is going to help you find your way through the muck (laughs) that is most other folks. I think also thinking about where would people like that exist? You know, Imran Siddiqui, 
is this fantastic essayist and thought leader around unpacking masculinity. I had him at Explore More Summit in 2018. He's partnered with Melissa Fabello, who is an amazing thought leader and writer around diet culture. And uh, he does some really incredible work. And he is friends with Jonathan McIntosh, who is the amazing creator behind Pop Culture Detective, which I think are some of the best video essays in existence right now. And Pop Culture Detective does these incredibly deep dives into the ways masculinity uh, is portrayed in pop culture and some of the tropes that we see. It's so smart. I mean, I learned so much from his video essays. He puts a lot of work. It takes multiple months for him to do one like 15 minute video because he does so much research. But for people like Imran and Jonathan, who have literally dedicated their lives to examining and breaking down these systems to make them more visible to other men, where would people like that create and hang out and who are they influenced by and friends with? If you can put yourself into spaces where those kinds of conversations and thoughts are happening with those kinds of people who are writing and who are aware that they don't want to be put up on a pedestal and who don't want to be preaching to women about these things, I think that's another key. Anyone who exists in a privileged identity, who wants to teach and preach to people from more marginalized communities, right there is problematic. So if you've got men who are getting up in front of women and talking about abuse and toxic behaviors, that's a big red flag to me. But people like Mike Domich, who I had on the show earlier, and he has this great book, Can I Kiss You? Or Jonathan McIntosh from Pop Culture Detective, they're trying to teach other men how to do better and how to engage in these conversations. Also, groups like Men Can Stop Rape. Anyone who's associated with that is going to be someone who's really interested in dismantling rape culture and sexual violence. So I think the key is finding places where people like this are gathering, even if it's online and having conversations. And the other thing is, there's no way to avoid hurt inside of relationship. It's unavoidable and it's inevitable. That's what it means to be in relationship with other human beings. Now, the hurt can look lots of different ways. You know, I'm in these wonderful friendships with women and we have absolutely hurt each other over the years. But that hurt might feel really different than say if Alex did something that hurt me or if a family member did something that hurt me. Hurt is just part of being flawed individuals engaging with each other and saying the wrong thing or having big feelings and not handling it well. So I think one of the things that I would also encourage is what kinds of hurt would you like to develop more resilience around and what kinds of hurt can't you tolerate? You know, if hurt is someone's decided to be in a relationship with you and then down the road they realize it's not a good fit, to me that as much as that does hurt, that's a hurt from honesty um, versus a hurt of I've lied I'm coercing you, I'm betraying you, that come from just really terrible behaviors. So also just kind of examining that. Like if, if hurt is inevitable, what can we do to tend to ourselves and open at the same time? It's this just contradictory experience, right? To be in relationship with other humans. To keep ourselves open knowing we're going to get hurt is the crux of vulnerability, and why so many people love Brene Brown's work. How can we stay open and tender, knowing something's going to hurt, something's going to come to an end? So looking for love, I would recommend, one, thinking about where some of the types of men you're looking for might be hanging out, talking online, connect with people like Imran Siddiqui and Jonathan McIntosh and... 
Mike, and God, there's lots of others, actually. Uh, they're just not coming to mind right now. Um, Thomas Page McBee has written a couple of books all about masculinity. He's this amazing trans man who has done a lot of work to reveal what masculinity does and how it shows up and and why we need to topple it completely. Uh, so following people like that on social media to see who their influencers are, what groups are they associated at, where are they speaking, what kinds of meetups do they attend, who's reading their books. It takes a little bit of research, but when you can find some communities where those kinds of things happen regularly, it can feel so nourishing and give so much hope. So you're not wrong. Lots and lots and lots of men aren't investigating their privilege, aren't looking at the ways they're creating so much emotional labor for the women specifically in their lives. They're not seeking affection and friendship and bonding and touch with other men and other people in their lives. They are still stuck inside of patriarchy and rape culture. That is the vast majority. If it wasn't, then, you know, 95% of domestic violence wouldn't be by men and rape and sexual assault and all the other things. So these systems are well fed and well entrenched and you're not making this up. It is true. It is hard and rare. But just because something's rare doesn't mean it's not there. And what I don't want you to do is to lose hope or to close yourself off to build big hard walls that won't let someone come in when you do find someone who's really awesome. So celebrate the amazingness that is you. Find like-minded people, even if they're other genders than men, where you can feel seen and explore these ideas. And then maybe do a little bit of legwork to start filling some of your spheres and circles and social media feeds with all the really rad men out there who are doing this, knowing that people who are in privileged identities are always going to cause us harm. And our jobs are then to decide what kinds of harm are we resourced for? What kinds of things can we forgive? Do we have the kinds of relationships with people where we can be really honest and say, ouch, that hurt. I need you to do better. Oh my God, there's so much more I could say about this. But I love that you asked the question. You are so not alone. I totally feel it. You have heard me just go off on so many, so many, so many, so many tangents about this in the past. But they are out there. And for the men who are listening, what do you have to do to start becoming the type of man that someone like looking for love would really want to be with the kind of man who understands gender roles, masculinity, the harms and history of patriarchy and rape culture, who have studied black feminist thought and indigenous thought and read feminist essays and books like Jacqueline Friedman's, who are constantly unpacking and connecting with other people around these ideas, who have deep, intimate friendships with other men and people of other genders, God, this is where the world is going and it's so exciting and I want more and more and more of us to all be doing that, whether it's around our gender or it's around our race or it's around our culture or it's around our our body size or our ability. It's so rich and so exciting and so nourishing and so exciting. Oh my God, I already said exciting twice. Um, to do this work is endlessly, endlessly delicious and rewarding. And let me tell you, the sex, holy shit. When you find people who really get it, who like really get it, and who are doing this work, the sex is fucking incredible. Because of so many of the stories that you can let go of, it doesn't have to be penis centric. It doesn't have to be performative. It doesn't have to be about trying to mold your body into something it doesn't want to be or performing gender stereotypes. It can be about diving deeper and deeper and deeper into your wants and your pleasure and who you want to express yourself as and all the things you can try on without it feeling threatening. I mean, holy shit. That's where there's some 
deep transcendent ecstasy available to us when we're not performing. We're just rolling around in the depth of our essence without any pretense. And we're constantly going deeper at removing all of these shackles and these stories. Uh, yes, this is where some good fucking sex happens. It's with people who are doing this work. So thank you so much for writing in Looking for Love. You got me off on a nice 20 minute tangent. (laughs) And I hope that was helpful. I hope that inspired some others. And I hope that you have fun connecting with the men out there who are doing this work and that it leads you towards some really, really yummy, interesting places. Keep being you out in the world. Don't feel like you have to compromise, even if that means taking some more time until you enter into some kind of intimate relationship with a man. You deserve exactly what it is that you want, which is a non-toxic, aware individual. They are out there. And hopefully there are more and more and more of them coming along to join us on this very, very important ride. Thank you. I just want to say thank you to all of you who are here with me right now. I know I mentioned in my chat with Cameron Glover last week that listenership for the show has dipped down a little bit. And initially that caused me some distress. But where I am now is this show has never been about the money. It just hasn't. If the show was about the money, I would have taken it in a super different direction This show is about me and you and doing the things that feel really important to me and expressing myself as honestly and as transparently as I can, knowing that I'm going to change and that I hope that all of you who listen come along with me as those changes happen. I know that when the show started, Dylan and I were pretty much just sharing about our own sex lives and the adventures that we would go on. But for both of us, that became harder and harder as the show went on because we were living regular lives like everybody else. And neither one of us was working a dungeon or um, doing this in a professional context. Both of us had, you know, full time jobs and partners and friends and lives. And and as we started doing interviews, it started really, really, really lighting me up the amount of growth and change that I have experienced in the last three or four years is more than I experienced in the 36 years that led up to those three or four years. And I'm really proud and excited by that. And as I continue to change and grow and learn, I want to share those things with you as intimately and openly as I possibly can. And that means being really selective about who I'm willing to do advertisements for on the show. And that means turning most advertisers down. And it also means making lots of mistakes along the way. And as listenership has dipped, what I realize is the people who are staying, who is you, listener, are the people who I want here. I don't want to have millions and millions of people listening to me the majority of whom don't get it, don't like it, don't appreciate it, uh, who want something else. I want people here who enjoy having these kinds of rich discussions, who want to connect the dots, who know that their experience of sex and love and body are deeply impacted by all of these other things that we're experiencing in the world. Nothing is isolated. Nothing's in a vacuum or a silo. So thank you for being here with me. It really, truly means so much. Every email that I get, every comment on social media, you know, there's a lot of things I could be doing better. Um, I am terrible at managing my social media because I have so many different things going on all the time. And there's just, you know, I'm constantly trying to do better and learn. But for those of you who are here, this year on the podcast has been so meaningful to me. Some of the conversations I've had on this show have like, changed me to the bone of the kind of person that I am. Singular conversations are changing me in huge ways. And to have you listening, and especially to those of you who support on Patreon, even if it's just a dollar, 
it really helps me to keep doing this because I want to keep doing this. I do this from a place of passion, not income. I spend lots of money and so much time on this with, I do this because it's important and because I love it and because I want to. And so knowing that you're out there listening and responding and feeling things, even if they're complicated or hard, that is what I wanna just hold in my heart as I close out 2018 as gratitude for you. Gratitude for you for being here with me in all of my imperfections and growing and changing and learning. I want to do so much more in 2019 and I hope that you'll come along with me because I think we're going to go some really yummy, interesting places and I'm going to get things wrong and I'm going to fuck up and I'm going to make mistakes. But that's part of what this show has become is learning and growing together and hoping that we can trust each other generously to do better and to do more and to stay connected. So thank you for staying connected with me. If you have any questions or comments that you want to send into the show, just head to sexgetsreal.com. Patreon supporters, head to patreon.com slash SGR podcast. I'm going to go record this fun New Year's kind of like ritual self-reflection, share some of my stuff, offer you some prompts to share yours. And these two really sexy poems that I recently came across that um, I'm looking forward to reading for you. So until next time, I'm Dawn Sarah, closing out 2018 on Sex Gets Real. You used to light up like a spark. Now you're blue, treading water in the dark. A huge thanks to the vocal few, the married duo behind the music featured in this week's intro and outro. Find them at vocalfew.com. Head to patreon.com slash sex gets real to support the show and get awesome weekly bonuses. As you look towards the next week, I wonder, what will you do differently that rewrites an old story, revitalizes a stuck relationship, or helps you to connect more deeply with your pleasure? Don't be ashamed Love